0: Thank you for tuning in to our podcast, Salt and Light, where we'll cover foundational principles for being a disciple of Jesus Christ. Enjoy this episode with ears to hear and hearts that listen. So let's go check the facts with your host, also known as my dad, Casey Harrison. Welcome back and thank you for tuning in to another episode of Salt and Light Ministries where our mission is to boldly illuminate genetically altered Christianity replacing it with a firm foundation of relationship with God while empowering disciples to disciple This series is called the Foundations Series So let's recap The basics Removing old thoughts and replacing it with a fresh perspective Forget what you think you already know the second part of basics is having conversations with God. Read your Bible and pray. Conversation's a two-way street. Prayer's are your part of the conversation. Reading the Bible is God talking to you. And the second one we went over was the goal. If the basics is the start line, the goal is to become salt and light. Speak what God said through grace and love without altering it. Allow the Holy Spirit to burn bright so as light can push back the darkness everywhere you go. Those were our first two episodes in this Foundation series. And for the next few episodes, we're going to have a sub-series, mainly because the piece of genetically altered Christianity that we're going to talk about is a really big subject. And I say it's a big subject because it's one of the most controversial topics between Christians today. Sovereignty versus free will. God's in complete control of everything versus you have choice. The reason this is important is because whichever direction you choose to go in your belief of God's sovereignty is going to determine your spiritual direction. It's going to determine the foundation of your house of relationship that you're building. It's going to determine whether or not it can withstand storms or if it's going to fall down in a slight breeze. But before we get into the whole discussion of the sovereignty of God, God's in control of everything versus free will choice, we first got to examine both parties that are going to be a part of this relationship. Remember, we're building a house of relationship here. The first party is God. We need to know his character. We need to know his limits. We need to know his capacity of control. The second party is going to be us. So we need to know our base character as mankind. We need to know our limits. We need to know our capacity of control. And that's what the next two episodes of this sub-series is going to cover. All right, let's dive right in. Why is it important that we know both parties? Mainly because when building a relationship, it's vital to the health of the relationship to know who your partner really is, not just to know what you've heard about them. It's also vital to know who you really are, not what you think about yourself, because a healthy relationship requires both parties to submit control to each other. And in order to submit control, you've first got to know how much control can your partner handle. So let's answer the first few questions. Who is God? What are his limits? And how much control does he have to offer? Who is God? What are his limits? How much control does he have to offer? First, God is omniscient, which means the state of knowing everything. So God knows everything. And we see this in Psalms 147.5. Great is the Lord and mighty in power. His understanding is infinite. In Greek, the word for infinite is misbar. Innumerable. Unmeasurable is another way to say it. In 1 John 3:20, it says, "For God is greater than our heart and knows all things." There again, God knows everything. In Matthew 10:30, "But the very hairs of your head are all numbered." God took the time to number every hair on your head and knows which hair goes to which number. Past, present, and future, the hair that you have, the hair that you had, He knows where you lost it. He knows. Everything. And these are just three scriptures and a plethora of scriptures throughout the Word of God. God knows everything. No one and nothing can catch him by surprise. Secondly, God is omnipotent. And omnipotent means having ultimate power, the ability to do anything. So God is all powerful. Revelations 2210 says, I am the Alpha and Omega, the beginning and the end, the first and the last. If you're going to be the beginning and the end, if you're going to be before everything and after everything, you've got to have all power. John 1, 1 1-3 says, In the beginning was the Word, and the Word was with God, and the Word was God. He was in the beginning with God. All things were made through Him, and without Him nothing was made. And you see that in Genesis 1-1. In the beginning, God created the heavens and the earth. You've got to have power to be the creator. You've got to have ultimate power to be the creator. I mean, think about it. Creation is God's creation. That's power. So God is omniscient. God is omnipotent. And thirdly, God is omnipresent. Omnipresent means present everywhere at the same time. Proverbs 15.3 The eyes of the Lord are in every place, keeping watch over the evil and the good. God's everywhere. Isaiah 57:15. For thus says the high and lofty one who inhabits eternity, whose name is holy, I dwell in the high and holy place with him who has a contrite and humble spirit to revive the spirit of the humble and to revive the heart of the contrite ones. And to really understand this scripture, you need to know what the Greek word is for contrite. And it's used in two different tenses here. The Greek word is deka. And it's also used as dekaha. It's an adjective the first time, and it's a verb the second time. The root meaning is to be crushed or to be broken. And the Greek word for humble in this scripture is shafal. And it's an adjective. The root meaning for it is low. And having a low spirit is equal to having a servant's spirit or a submitted spirit. So when you go back and read Isaiah 57:15, where God says, "I dwell in the high and holy place with him who has a crushed spirit and a servant spirit, to revive the spirit of the servant and revive the heart of the broken." God's everywhere at all times. In Job 34:21, For his eyes are upon the ways of man, and he sees all his steps. Again, God doesn't play favorites here. He says he's with all men. He sees everything, every choice, every decision, every step. God is everywhere. So God's all-knowing, he's all-powerful, and he's everywhere all at the same time. So let's bring it all together and apply it to who God is in the concept of relationship with us and how much control in and over our lives we can entrust to him. If God is all-knowing, then it's safe to say that no one's actions, choices, or decisions can catch him by surprise. That sounds like he can handle control. If God's all-powerful, then it's safe to say that no one and nothing can alter the ultimate plan he has. Therefore, if we give him control in our relationship, no one can alter his plan that he has for you or the relationship he has with you. Sounds like he can handle control. If God is everywhere at all times, that would mean that he can see everything that there is. And he can also see everything before it happens. Which means he has the ability to protect and preserve you from things that you haven't even seen coming yet and the things you can't see coming. An analogy might be that God is the eyes in the back of your head, in a sense. God can handle control. And when you see that God is all-knowing, God is all-powerful, God is everywhere at all times, then you have to say that God is sovereign. I mean, the meaning of the word sovereign is supreme power or authority. You see this all throughout Scripture, but here's just a few. Psalms three. our God is in heaven, and He does whatever He pleases. (laughs) You have to have supreme power to be able to say that you do whatever you please without any type of consequence. That's sovereignty. Revelation 1.8, again. I'm the Alpha and Omega, the beginning and the end, says the Lord, who is and who was and who is to come, the Almighty. Sounds like sovereignty to me. John 19.11, Jesus answered, You could have no power at all against me unless it had been given to you from above. So take all of this and put it together. Realize that God was before creation. God's going to be here after creation because creation is God's creation. And the creation can't put limits on the creator. God has supreme power. God has supreme authority. God is sovereign. Basically, God is the potential partner that can protect, provide, and preserve you. God's perfect in every way. And if God's perfect in every way, then it's safe to say that God can handle all control. And He has no limits unless He Himself imposes them on Himself. And we'll dive into that in a later episode. God has and can handle ultimate control. But, does that mean that God is controlling everything? Think about it. And we'll answer that question in an upcoming episode during this series. Take this week and meditate on the character of God. He's all knowing, He's all powerful, He's everywhere all the time, and He has supreme authority and power. Get to know the person you're wanting to get into a relationship with. And next week, we'll approach the questions of who are you? What are your limits? What control do you have to offer? Until then, be bold, be strong, be blessed. Have a wonderful week.